Welcome to the Short Funk Podcast. I'm Tom Barbalay. Today, another question from listener Connor Sites Bowen. How do you approach the phenomena of feral cats in your neighborhood? What philosophy do I have associated with this and what tactics do I use? When we lived in Las Vegas, Nevada, there was an epidemic of feral cats. There were people just leaving their cats when they left their houses. We had a house, maybe two or three houses down. It was just overrun with feral cats and feral kittens. People would dump cats outside this house. It was just really very difficult. We rescued mm, maybe two or three of these cats, which we now have at least two of them surrounding me as I record this podcast. My first experience of feral cats, however, in great numbers was in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And in Kuala Lumpur, the cats organized themselves like street gangs. They would actually literally have sit-downs where you would have 10 cats, you know, five a side, come and meet in our back garden in Malaysia. And they'd sit in a kind of wing formation. And they'd do various things. There'd be various posturing, some hissing, what have you. And then all the cats would back away from each other and the territorial dispute would be solved for, you know, at least a few weeks. They'd have groups of kittens. It was all very well organized. And to watch these feral cats behave in this almost like Sopranos-like manner was very striking to me. And I realized that actually there was a politics in groups of felines, particularly associated with alpha males and what kind of standard dominance structures, which enables me to own four of the creatures quite comfortably to this day. With regards to San Jose specifically, you're not dealing with vast numbers of cats. It's not a Las Vegas or a Kuala Lumpur situation. It's it's unique situation, which is typically individual feral cats that have territories that they protect. Some of these territories change over time. And what I've observed through the cameras primarily is a group of maybe six or seven cats of which two are regular contributors to the video footage. My suspicion is probably of the six or seven good majority of them have homes. And the reason that we don't see them often in the cameras is because they're in their homes, eating their food, being regular house cats until they're effectively let out. In terms of my general philosophy, I think each cat in each region is different. I think there's more distinct differences between feral cats than there is between humans in areas in large part because the modes of communication that humans get and the kind of societal programming and all this kind of stuff very top-down, very much that we're language creatures in an environment and there are shared ideas and there are notions of religion and politicians and, you know, all these kind of things. Cats don't have that. So when cats come to an environment, there's various body language that they use, there's various posturing, but a lot of it is to do with their size, their tenacity, their fights, their ability to impact things in individual, like, certain circumstances that just arise and are remembered. And in this light, I'm very mindful of the fact that I need to study the cats and their behavior. There are various shared linguistic traits with cats. I've talked on Stone Egg previously associated with using my eyes, using various body movements in order to communicate with cats, which apparently works universally, and I've gotten good feedback to that extent. Really, when you interact with or when you observe a feral cat, you need to pay a lot of attention to the cat's behavior, the cat's movements, things like how the cat eats, things like how the cat kind of protects itself, creates safe barriers, all this kind of stuff, very much associated with eye and body movement. And in this light, you've got to just be a student, fundamentally, in every feral cat interacting situation. Tom Barbalay in San Jose, signing out.